Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. I realize there appears to be the same man standing off in the shadows watching us. Like electric blue orb came out of one wall and went into the other wall. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you one true tale, one listener voicemail, and one real 911 call that will frighten and disturb. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user FuzzyMap922, featuring voice work by Kiona Bashful Echo, and we think we're being followed. I, 29-year-old female, have been hiking at a wooded trail near my house for about three years now, and it's my favorite trail due to the beautiful waterfalls and meadows, but had several creepy encounters over the years. Luckily, I always hike with my 90-pound Bernie's Baker. He's the sweetest boy, but will protect me. First encounter was three years ago in the winter, when I was walking up a hill and Baker starts growling, unlike I've ever heard. I look around and realize there's a man in the shadow of the woods watching us. When I notice him, he starts walking slowly towards us with his head covered. I said hello, as usual, and he didn't respond. I kept walking and got a feeling that I should turn back. When I did, I realized he had turned around on the trail, middle of a hill so not a common turnaround point. But once he saw me, he walked into the woods and stared out at the valley hugging a tree. So nothing too crazy, but it just felt off. Around the same time a year later, Baker and I were walking on the same trail and again, Baker starts growling. He's usually very excited to meet anyone or anything. I realize there appears to be the same man standing off in the shadows watching us. But I figured maybe Baker just scared him, so he was standing away from us, waiting to cross the bridge. Otherwise, he easily could have kept walking along the trail instead of waiting for us. We cross the bridge and keep walking. I again get a feeling that I should turn around. 
When I do, I realize he is behind us, so had no reason to be waiting for us to cross the bridge. I sit down with Baker by my side and pull out my phone while making it clear I've seen him, not staring, just glancing in his direction. He stops when I turn around, even though I'm off the trail and not in his way, but continues walking after I pull out my phone. I start walking back and find a large stick he had left that had been sharpened with a knife into a spear. I take the spear and continue walking, while looking around me the entire time. I know now I should have reported it at this point, but I just convinced myself I was being paranoid. About a year later in the winter, I'm walking along the same path, maybe stupid, but I took a year off and again just convinced myself I was paranoid. It's snowing with the trails mostly empty, and I suddenly see a bunch of trees with frowning faces made out of snow, despite not seeing anyone on the trail for miles. Baker again starts growling at something in the woods that I can't see. So we turn around. I don't report it because I figured it would never be taken seriously. Then today, a few months later, I'm walking along the trail and find a tree with I see you written in chalk. I immediately get a weird feeling and turn back and report it to the park rangers and police. I'm working with park rangers to keep an eye out. After sharing in my hiking groups on Facebook, several women have come forward with similar experiences at the same place. One woman was stalked by a man in a full snowsuit in the middle of July on this trail. Another was followed all the way to her car with him appearing along the trail watching her from the woods at various points. All of you calling me stupid for hiking on my favorite trail after waiting a year to go back are typical victim blamers and I don't like you. I am listening to the suggestions not to go back, but belittling me is unnecessary. I'm scared enough. Update 2. Six different women have come forward with similar experiences, with a similar-looking man at the same park. They've all reported it to the rangers. I interviewed with the local news. They reached out to me. And it's everywhere. Rangers are not happy with me for sharing it with the public. But that's fine with me, as everyone has a right to know. Someone wiped off the ICU message before the news team could see it. It rained, but not that heavily. Three separate women messaged me thinking it was the same exact guy, despite the women not knowing each other. They stated he is unstable and spends most days at this park. His cousin reported him too. I shared his name and photos with the rangers, and apparently the suspect is an old park ranger himself. So we shall see. Oh, and the suspect apparently loves climbing trees and has a bunch of photos of himself 50 feet in the air. So he's probably up in the trees watching. Update 3. Apparently he has a secret spot in these woods where he has a chainsaw and gasoline. We reported it to the rangers, pretty sure having a secret campground in a public park is illegal, with or without a chainsaw, and stalking intimidation is a form of illegal assault, so there's no reason he can't at least be questioned. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. Next up, we have a listener voicemail from Danielle, and she just may have opened a door to some activity. 
All right. So this is a really long story. I'm going to try to make it as short as possible. Um, my name is Danielle. I'm 32 years old now. I left South Carolina to go be with my ex. We'll call him Charles. I was probably like 21 years old. First of all, I've always been super interested in paranormal things, but I had never experienced anything. I just was really into it, you know. Charles had a 12-year-old daughter, and we'll call her Caitlin. So we were living in this house. We moved into this house in North Carolina that was just spooky. It wasn't like a bad kind of spooky, but you could definitely feel a presence, you know? There would be, I, I was told that someone passed away in the house, but he didn't seem like a malevolent entity. He, But he was clearly there. You know, you'd hear the floor shift every now and then, and it's not like a creaky old house situation. The floor would move like someone was walking around the house. You'd see shadows, stuff like that. So Caitlin, the 12-year-old, got it in her head one day that she she went over to a friend's house and came back with a Ouija board. And so for fun, I thought, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's see if we can contact whoever this is in the house. And I know that was dumb now. We decided to take the Ouija board to the edge of the woods. And we got two chairs and put it on a, a cut log and had everything set up with the candles and everything like that. And we just thought we were doing the coolest thing, you know. But I'm also kind of... um. I wouldn't say a prankster, but, you know, she's 12. It seemed like an easy opportunity to, like, freak her out a little bit. But, I, you know, I was going to tell her later. But I had decided I was going to pick at her and, like, you know, move the planchette around a little bit and scare her. Um, probably about 30 minutes into us just laughing and having a good time and being silly and not really being respectful with what we were doing, we heard a laugh, man, like... The woods beside us, you can't, you couldn't see into the actual woods because it was so thick with vegetation. We heard this laugh, y'all, and it sounded like someone trying to laugh. It was close. I mean, like on the other side of these bushes. It sounded like, the best way I can describe it, it sounded like someone laughing, like a man laughing with mud in his lungs. Like, it was just a gurgly, cackle kind of sound. We immediately left everything where it was. Like, we left everything. The candles burning, everything. We And we ran inside. Anyway, that set off a strange chain of events. The rest of the night was fine. Mind you, the 12-year-old Caitlin, she did not live with us at the time. Uh, so she went back to her mother's house that night. And everything seemed fine until that night. I started getting really weird vibes that were besides the normal vibes from the house. Like, it was like a separate entity in the house. So it started off with, like, small things. The We had, you know, the 90s, they had those touch lamps where you touch them and they get brighter and brighter. So I had one of those up against the corner of the wall, like, a good 10 feet away from the bed, you know? And I remember waking up in the middle of the night one night and the lamp was on. So I turned it off. This is like the same night or the night after. I turn the lamp off, get up, I go to the bathroom and you can see the, you can see my bedroom from the bathroom door in the hallway. And my boyfriend at the time is asleep in the bed. From the bathroom, I can see the light turn on. 
And I was like, okay, maybe it's a short circuit, you know, it's an old, old lamp, whatever. So I went in the room and turned it off. I went back to sleep and I woke up to an absolute feeling of dread. Um, we had a closet in the room and to this day, I won't sleep with closet doors open. I won't. Uh, I woke up. I'm not sure what time it was in the middle of the night, but it looked like the room was black, but it looked like this particular part of the room in front of the closet. The best way I can describe it was advanced darkness. Um, I couldn't stop looking at this area. I tried to ignore it, whatever. So the next day I have my friend Amanda over at the house and we're talking, I'm standing in the uh, bathroom area in the middle of the hallway and she's in my living room and we both watch a, like I'm talking about like a giant, like a lot, like probably about the size of a basketball, like electric blue orb came out of one wall and went into the other wall. And I thought for a moment that I had lost my, you know, my mind. So I look up at Amanda and she's already looking at me and she's like, did you see that? Oh my God, I did. That was um, kind of like the second thing that happened. And then we had, um, what are they called? Security panels all over the walls on each side of the house. So if you even tapped on the side of the house, the alarm would go off and let you know what part of the house was getting messed with. And sometimes all of the side, all of the alarms would go off at once and like you hear tapping and stuff like that. And the feeling in the house just kept getting nastier and nastier. I, would, I was getting really bad dreams and sleep paralysis. And about two weeks after the Ouija board situation, I'm laying in bed and I get that same feeling and I, my eyes pop open. Like it's not like a, like a slow wake up like you normally do. My eyes snapped open and I could not stop staring at the closet. It was that advanced darkness again and I just felt an overwhelming sense of dread, man. I know this sounds crazy. I get goosebumps talking about it. I don't like talking about it because you know how, you know, manifestations and stuff, but y'all, when I tell you that the covers of the bed, like I woke up and it was like almost sleep paralysis. I could not move. I couldn't speak because I was trying to get my my boyfriend's attention, like wanting to touch him and be like, help me. I see something like there's something in the corner of the room. I, I can't see it, but I feel it. I know it's there. And the covers flew off of me like not just like pulled off of me like you see in horror movies it was like that part from hook the movie hook when their bed sheets flew off of them it was like that the bed sheet flew up in the air not like all the way off the bed but the sh bed sheet lifted up off of me and got thrown across the bed onto my boyfriend and i finally muster up a scream and I, I like slap him away, you know, not slap him, but I like pop him in the chest and I'm like, Hey, this, this just happened. And of course he didn't believe me, but the people that moved, we had friends, we moved out of that place and had friends move in after us. And they still to this day will tell me about the things that go on in that house. And I tried to spend the night there 
a few years after that incident going to visit my friends, you know, and it was like a friend or not even a friend, like somebody like, and it was almost like the energy changed when I walked into the house, like it remembered me, you know? And I, I spent the whole night having awful dreams about like this demon crawling up the side of the wall and like, just like sitting like crawling attached to the ceiling above my bed and he just stayed there all night and you know I didn't see that but it was in my dreams and I just thought that that was a super awful experience that I might wanted to share I've got a lot more that started happening after this because it like I said it set off a chain of paranormal events in my life and I still to this day see crazy stuff but yeah don't mess with Ouija boards y'all Get your voice on Disturbed with our hotline, available 24-7, completely free. Tell us your experience or just leave your comments on the show. Visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com on your mobile device or computer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in-depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror. This week, we're closing out the show a little differently with a real 911 call. The audio you're going to hear is real and unedited. February 9th, 2015. 22-year-old Corey Moss and 24-year-old Stacy Hall were friends and had their share of run-ins with police. Whatever they happened to be involved in led to a shooting at Stacy's apartment. Stacy's mother had received a call that her son had been involved in a shooting. She arrived at the apartment with another one of her sons and called 911. Gwinnett County 911, what is the location of your emergency? 1400. Harrington Road, Lawrenceville, Georgia. 
What apartment number? 5302. 5302? Yes. Okay. What's the phone number you're calling from, ma'am? 678. What's going on there, ma'am? I just found, I got a call at work that there was a shooting that my son was involved in, and I just arrived at this location. There's no police here, and they are dead in the apartment. in there to you 
Just a moment, okay? They're coming as quite fast as they can. Just a doll I don't believe this one that within the time that I got this phone call, you tell me no cops have been here, that anybody could just go up there, push the door open, and see these bodies laying there. <laughs> okay, I do show they did have some officers on the area, but they weren't I sure. I see the cars, but they're not pulling up here. They, he's turning around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Both Corey and Stacy had been shot to death. Investigators had urged the public to come forward with any information that may be helpful. Authorities received surveillance video of a silver Ford 500 that they believed was the getaway vehicle. Unfortunately, since then, four years have gone by and the case remains open and unsolved. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. A big shout out to our newest plus members, the furry exterminator, Rennie Ray, Angelica Gonzalez, Shy Moonlight Mayhem, and Maria Steffel. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining Plus at disturbedpodcast.com slash plus. But if you can't, consider leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at whitebataudioandco.ag. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all. Disturbed Podcast.